Coming up this week on Breaking Badness. Today we discuss Pipe Dream On. Next up, Seize the Domain. And of course, our fun game, Two Truths and a Lie. With that, Breaking Badness is next. Welcome to Breaking Badness, episode number 118, recorded on April 18th, 2022. I'm your co-host, Kelsey. It's all pun and games until someone gets hurt, LaBelle. With me, co-host Taylor, more like Raid Ed form, am I right, Wilkes Pierce. And last but not least, Tim, you sure can rock that paper, SZA. Helming, welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hello, friends. I just got to say, thank gosh we can fix things in post because hopefully none of you hear this. If you did, Tim, I don't know what I I did to you when you're producing this, but (laughs) I really stumbled (laughs) over your joke there. That was a rough go. Yeah. The inadvertent tongue twister. You never know how it's going to come out until, until somebody tries to say it out loud. It's true. It's true. Well, how are you two doing? It's uh, it's been a minute since we've done one of these typical episodes. Uh, a week I have, minute. <laughs> I have missed y'all's voices. Yeah, I'll say you know, looking across Infosec Twitter, I it it feels like we're not the only ones. We here in the Pacific Northwest who are still waiting for some semblance of spring to show up. I think it might crack fifty degrees today in Seattle, but not certain about that. Dream on. Dream yeah, on. seriously, right? There was some <laughs> snow last week. So, uh, yeah, that's April for you. That, yep. April snow brings... Less wildfires in the summer, maybe? Ah. Huh? No, that's doesn't, doesn't that's rhyme breaking. so great, but that would be yeah. nice. Glass half full. It rhymes or doesn't count. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, hopefully sun just around the corner. We're in that, that tease of a time. Uh, weather-wise, it seems. We've had two fake springs already. Mm. <laughs> well, that's a lot of fun. It's like, do it's kind of like half glass or half full. It's just like, should I view it as, well, I guess we got a few sunny days or gosh darn it, just pick one already. I know. It's, it's well, what's that old song? Spring can really hang you up the most, right? I think that's an old jazz song. And we sure know that here. Well, there's been a lot of activity here since we all came together, um, including our first article for the week, which is Pipe Dream On. So on April the 13th, the Department of Energy and the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Agency, the NSA and the FBI, this is the beginning of a really good joke. If the NSA, FBI, (laughs) yes, they did. How did you know? Well, in fact, they didn't walk into a bar. Maybe they did. I hope they had a victory beverage of choice, wherever that was. Um, But they did jointly release an advisory about a new hacker tool set potentially capable of meddling with a wide range of industrial control equipment. So unfortunately, probably not a celebratory beverage. um, But Yeah, I was going to say, like they're crying in their beer, more like, (laughs) unfortunately. Why is my beer so salty? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So Tim looks like just about every group with an acronym has come together to talk about 
how bad this malware toolkit is. So can you talk a little bit more about what was in this advisory? Yeah, and and yes, this is uh, when you get this much alphabet soup in Washington, D.C., all, all joining together on this, you know it's got to be some kind of big deal or, uh, or some kind of political deal. But I think this one is a big deal from a security point of view. So it, it's not surprising that you saw this joint effort. Um, now, of course, there have been reports of ICS malware of different kinds for years. That's nothing new. But this one is sophisticated enough that it warrants some very immediate attention. So you're seeing a lot of energy around getting folks to pay attention and get ready. And let's put this in perspective a little bit. When you have Sergio Caltagirone at Dragos, and who is also an NSA alumnus, saying, this is the, and this is a direct quote, saying, this is the most expansive industrial control system attack tool that anyone has ever documented, end quote. And moreover, when you know that Sergio and the other folks at Dragos are not given to hyperbole, then that means it's a sit up and pay attention kind of moment. Yeah, that's a really good point, contextually speaking. I'd say in general, the government, not a big fan, right, of, of adding more drama. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Netflix would buy their uh, their advisories to turn into some sort of docu-series. Um, right. <laughs> well, so they describe this toolkit as something as a Swiss army knife. But um, have we ever seen something like this before, out of curiosity? No, I mean, that's, you know, the term unprecedented is going to get thrown around a lot with this particular story. And yet, to my knowledge, um, we haven't seen anything with so many different components like this. Now, so the advisory identifies multiple pieces of hardware and software from a couple of the big significant ICS vendors, uh, Schneider Electric and Omron, uh, that are targeted by Pipe Dream. And if you look at what the capabilities of the malware are against a framework like attack for ICS. And, and by the way, I don't know if all folks realize that the, that MITRE, uh, who came up with the attack framework about two years ago, released uh, attack for ICS. And uh, it looks very similar to the attack framework that you're used to, but it does have a lot of specifics in it as well that are, are, uh, for the ICS community and uh, ICS environments. Anyway, when you, if you look at the, capabilities of this malware against one of those frameworks, you see that it kind of is a scattershot across the whole board, you know, everything from the, some of the initial access stages all the way across to the uh, action on objectives and a lot of the pieces in between. So having all of those in this one package says a couple of things. Um, one, obviously it's very sophisticated and is the work of somebody that knows what they're doing. And, and also, you know, it's going to expedite the process of compromising the victim um, to have this all packaged up the way that it is. So it's um, it's clear that whoever's behind this has definitely been doing their homework. Oh, who would have ever thought doing your homework is a bad thing? <laughs> yeah, I wish the dog would eat this homework. Yeah, somebody, somebody's got to get their dog on that. Take one for the team, will you? Um, just a few uncomfortable bowel movements, and then we'll be through this. So Tim, CISA refers, or CISA, as we discussed um, last time, CISA, CISA, data, data, but not really, because we learned something very important about data versus data. Anyway, they refer to this group or person as an unnamed APT actor. 
So we don't know exactly who is behind this yet, but there are there any theories out there on the interwebs or that you have personally? Well, you know, none that I've seen that gets toward any conclusive attribution, uh, but that's not surprising, right? Conclusive attribution is a rare bird in this business. Um, we can characterize it some, if not really attempt to name names. So let's do that. So first off, it is well-crafted enough that it's highly probable that this is a state-sponsored actor group and not just some privateers who are going to go and try to sell this, right? Now, I could turn out to be wrong about that, but I'd be really surprised. And so then we can also, I think it's safe to further surmise that this isn't the U.S. pointing the finger at itself or its allies. Uh, so you can take that one to the bank. So that leaves, guess what, the usual suspects of Russia, China, Iran, North Korea. Uh, it's likely to be one of those four, but um, so far I'm not hearing anyone say which. Now, is there some circumstantial evidence that sort of suggests that it might be Russia? Yeah, you can plausibly say that. I mean, we know as things heated up leading up to the invasion of Ukraine, there were a lot of uh, pieces of U.S. intel that turned out to be quite accurate and also were made public in quite unusual uh, form um, That uh, about the uh, Russia's actions leading up to the invasion. In fact, there's a lot of speculation that the invasion was delayed because of some of that intel, and we all probably recall that it wasn't that long ago. So is this an example of more of that intel kind of being made public? It's possible. And we definitely know that Russia has plenty of motivation to have developed malware capable of crippling industrial systems. So you could certainly kind of do some armchair speculation that it's the Russians. Uh, but any of those four states that I mentioned uh, certainly could be capable uh, potentially of having uh, developing something like this. It's and and it's really as always, it's more important to focus on what to do about it than who is behind it, at least for owners and operators. You know, there are people in the government whose job it is to figure out who it is and what that means from a policy perspective. But if you're an owner and operator of, uh, of Schneider Electric and Omron gear and whatnot, and especially, um, you know, in critical infrastructure sectors, then, uh, then your main objective is just to protect your stuff. I don't speculate often, but when I do... It's from an armchair. <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah, well, that, that'll be curious to keep an eye on and see if any attribution does eventually um, get shared. From oh, I think, you know, in the groups. long term, it will. You know, I think there's almost no doubt about that. But, um, but it, that may, yeah, it may be a little while. The truth. I mean, if you remember with Stuxnet, you know, it was, it was three or four years, right? Yeah, uh, at least. I mean, there's speculation right from the get go, of course, because of who was targeted. But it took a while for it to really come out and be acknowledged and so forth. Um, and it may take a similarly long time in this case. We'll have to see. You know, it it really depends. And if we find, which we hope we never do, but if we find this uh, successfully deployed against critical systems, then you're probably going to hear more about that attribution a lot sooner. Yes. And to quote the X-Files, the truth is out there. We will get there. Um, so, Tim, they named this toolkit Pipe Dream, which Webster's Dictionary defines as an illusory or fantastic plan, hope, or story. So, first, it's not just 
high school valedictorians who reference the dictionary. Second, it sounds like it acts it hasn't actually been used yet, hence its name. So can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, and you know, it's always interesting to pick apart these name schemes uh, for these things. The pipe dream is the name that uh, Dragos gave this malware. But so first off, I want to be uh, very clear that barring some development between now and when this episode airs, a couple days from when we're recording it, we have not seen this malware deployed in a live off- offensive realm. Uh, we don't know how it was discovered, and we probably won't know that for a while because whatever uh, operations are responsible for the discovery of it are probably still ongoing. And so OPSEC and all of that, um, we're not going to hear a whole ton about it. Now, as for why did they choose that name Pipe Dream? Well, there's a few different ways you can interpret that. Uh, you know, is it because there is something about potential victimology like pipeline operations or and I'll get to more of this in just a second. Is that is that why it was? Or is it us throwing some shade like, yeah, you think you can pwn our stuff, but that's all a pipe dream. So no way to know for sure. But, uh, you know, in fact, uh, Dragos is, it turns out, speculating that it could well be targeting the power grid and possibly even more specifically than that, LNG or liquefied natural gas facilities. And LNG is a major backbone of the uh, electricity production in uh, electricity generation in North America. And the uh, Schneider Electric and Omron equipment that I mentioned earlier is used heavily in that sector. So, you know, there's a lot of pipes transporting LNG all around. So that, that may be a little hint there. Interesting. Yeah, I like this theory that it's subtle shade. <laughs> Yeah, dream on. I'm hearing Aerosmith, uh, uh, not least of which um, because of the the way that you cleverly titled this story. But um, <laughs> I hope it I hope it remains a dream on situation. You know what? I have to say we have to give um, Callie Fensel credit for this title. She is killing it. She's helping support this podcast team. She's an unsung hero of Breaking Badness. So special well, shout out to Callie. Absolutely, yeah, the underground and- pun supplier. That's right. That pun pipeline. Yes. We don't want that to run dry. Let me tell you. The underground pipeline. The underground. Yes. (laughs) Yay, Callie. Yes, indeed. Snaps for Callie. Excellent. Um, So last question here for your Tim, which is what are some of the mitigations the advisory has suggested in response to pipe dream other than puns, of course? Yeah. Well, get ready. Uh, like so much of cybersecurity, a lot of the mitigations here come down to best practices. They'll sound very familiar, right? So practice least privilege and strong segmentation of OT and IT networks. And by the way, that's not just segmenting OT from IT, but within each of those domains as well, having as, as strong segmentation as you can practically put in place using strong passwords on devices, engineering workstations, everything that touches that OT uh, environment, having a password rotation policy, um, having as good visibility into the assets that you are operating as you possibly can. Your IR plan's got to be strong. You got to have good recovery procedures. Um, Now, the things I'm mentioning, I'm kind of summarizing because CISA gave a really detailed and fairly lengthy bullet list of mitigations that they're recommending here. And they range from really high level, like, you know, apply least privilege, to really specific. There's this uh, driver called ASROC that they're recommending 
look uh, for that driver. And if you don't have a specific reason to have it in your environment, then that's a sign that you need to take a deeper look. So a very sweeping set of mitigations that um, that are that make a ton of sense. Everybody reading it uh, who's part of this industry, folks listening to the podcast are going to go, yeah, you know, motherhood and apple pie, that, that stuff all makes total sense. Nothing necessarily super new here other than a couple of the specifics. But, um, and we mentioned this on one of the other episodes talking about ICS stuff recently, you know, it's easier said than done to uh, apply some of these things. So this is not just a big deal as far as the advisory, but the level of effort that's going to be involved to really make sure that all of this stuff is taken care of across OT environments should not be uh, underestimated. It's, it's a lot of work because, again, when you think about things like um, devices that are in remote locations, uh, unstaffed locations that are sometimes hard to get to, and if you know you have to uh, change passwords sometimes in on-site, or apply other mitigations, this is a very, very big uh, deal to actually implement. So um, so we're going to see a lot of action, I think, by uh, owners and operators of this equipment as a result of the discovery of this malware. Very interesting, Tim. And I think this is a pretty natural segue into our hoodie rating system. And for those who are not familiar, every week, we rate every article from zero to 10 hoodies playing off the cliche of an actor or threat actor of a deck to the theater. Um, and, and, you know, you know, good in the sense of a good actor, how many defenders does it really take to solve your problem? How many defenders does it take to change a light bulb? Um, and so 10 is very bad and zero is more neutral water cooler talk for fun and giggles. So Taylor, I'll start with you now that you've heard, Tim's perspective and analysis, what would you rate this at? This one is, uh, you know, fairly scary, uh, right? Hearing that the folks that are writing uh, malware targeted for ICS systems and SCADA systems have, have upped their game significantly is uh, does not uh, uh, make me happy or fill me with confidence. I don't know. This is, let's go uh Eight and a half hoodies, so eight hoodies, and then just one, just straight up, right down the middle. We're not even gonna like, you know, mess with cutting off just the bottom of it or something like that. Eight and a half. It's got to be the the uh, left side that's cut off because otherwise we'd be all right. <laughs> I set you up for that. <laughs> we worked on this. But- We've been working on our comedic rhythm, um, <laughs> little pun offsite. How do we get there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, I mean, it is, it is, uh, you know, this one kind of, uh, this is a lot worse than a lot of stuff we talk about here, in my opinion. Maybe I'm wrong, yeah. Tim, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But looking at this outside, looking in, you know, reading about it, it does seem like there is a significant up-leveling of capabilities, uh, you know, targeting this stuff. And that is not only just in like the knowledge of the different systems themselves, but the delivery, right? When you see all the different stuff across the attack framework that it's hitting, and you hear uh, Swiss Army knife for for ICS malware. That's um, yeah, that's gonna that's gonna raise a pretty high hoodie rating for me. An unprecedented moment where it's actually unprecedented. Oh my! All right, Tim, what do you think? Yeah, I uh, the number that's sticking in my head is nine, um, and I don't know. I there's part of me that almost wonders that's too low. Um, 
Let's put it this way. I went out and got a generator a couple of weeks ago, and that was even before this um, advisory came out. Um, and I recommend pausing the podcast, going to Costco. They've got a good set of uh, generators available there uh, for good prices and get one. <laughs> but uh, seriously, uh, you know, when you look at, and we don't very often when we're talking about the various stories that we do here, we don't necessarily tie in geopolitics super directly, like in terms of what's going on right now. But let's face it, the uh, invasion is not going well. We know that Putin's got to be pretty unhappy about that. And now you've got um, Finland and Sweden getting ready to join NATO, possibly as soon as this summer, which is exactly the opposite of what Putin was hoping for. So he's hopping mad. And uh, he's going to portray, especially the uh, additional states joining NATO as a direct existential threat to Russia. And we know how they're thinking about responding to that. So this is a big deal. Um, I'll put it at nine. And I, like I said, I semi wonder if that's too low. And that's a strongly worded letter. That's what you mean, right, Tim? Right? That's what Yeah, that's do? right. <laughs> <laughs> that's what people mean when they say the nuclear option, right? Yeah, they, they mean uh, we're really super duper dog mad now. And, and you better believe us. They're not mad. They're just disappointed, you know? Boy, seriously. <laughs> but in whom? You oh, know, us or yeah. the people who didn't uh, give them enough gas for their tanks? Mm. Yes. Hopefully we never find out. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm going to shift before I have an existential crisis <laughs> to seize the domain here, our next article. And so the Department of Justice announced the seizure of the Raid Forms website. So, Taylor, first up, what exactly is Raid Forms for those who aren't familiar? I thought, are they trying to get rid of ants on forms? What's happening? Yeah, perhaps, you know, ants or other other bugs that have gotten in. No, Raid Forms uh, is a, a website started around 2015 or so uh, where uh, an individual uh, named, I'm going to try and pronounce this properly, uh, Diego Santos Coelho, uh, out of Portugal, a Portuguese national who resided in Portugal, uh, owned and operated this website, it initially kind of focused around folks who were, um, you know, swatting, uh, folk, like someone who was on a Twitch stream, uh, maybe doing something they didn't like, I don't know. It's, uh, I, <laughs> uh, and like sending the police to their house, um, you know, this type of thing has resulted in actual loss of life. Um, you know, it's, it's a super dangerous practice. So, you know, obviously it was coordinated on a forum on the Internet. Um, so they kind of started ar uh, around that, uh, around kind of swatting folks who were on or playing games on their Twitch streams. Another reason not to use Twitch. I'm just kidding. Um <laughs> Yeah, that's that's fascinating. So the the platform was described as an operating as operating with membership tiers like uh, back alley Patreon. Mm -hmm. uh, so how did those tiers function, and were there any other forms of currency they accepted? And, and maybe just give people a heads up on what a Patreon is in case uh, they don't understand that reference. Yeah, sure. Um, so start pa Patreon is uh, essentially you know you can 
donate a monthly amount of money to somebody. Maybe they'll give you podcasts or art or videos or what have you. It's a, just a platform for um, you know, sending content out to sets of users who pay for it. Raid forums, uh, you know, while it started with the, the swatting, eventually started to incorporate uh, kind of other uh, black arts of the of the internet world. So uh, you started to see things like uh, posting leaks. The, of data dumps uh, from hackers, of uh, helping coordinate folks buy and sell leaks from one another, uh, to posting you know how-to tutorials uh, on how to hack things, uh, and so kind of the the tiers that they offered, uh, you know, were kind of you could sign up and, and buy credits, uh, and then the credits would give you additional access to those privileged areas of the website. So you could, um, you know, download stolen access devices, download IDs, data from compromised devices, um, all that good stuff. And so, you know, they kind of, kind of started at, at a low level. And then kind of the more you, the more credits you bought, the more access to the website you were able to receive. Or uh, as an alternative form of payment, you could post how to, uh, posts on how to hack things or how to break into stuff online. Um, so, you know, you'd see cracking leaks and then the marketplace, uh, you know, some sub forums that eventually uh, found themselves on uh, raid forums. Wow. Content marketing. <laughs> right. Thought leadership, leading thought. <laughs> wow. 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 You know, it works um, <laughs> in the non uh criminal market when it's leveraged there that's unfortunate okay so um it sounds like this takedown wasn't done by any single agency or even a single country so can you talk about the effort it took to bring charges against rain for raid forums and their um their content marketing strategy right yeah uh transferable skills <laughs> um yeah, this is, a, this is an interesting one, right? Because you've got uh, a Portuguese citizen in Portugal, uh, but the you know obviously the, the the stuff was taken down by the DOJ, by the FBI, Washington Field Office, and the Secret Service. Uh, and then here's I'm going to give the list of support. And this is also a lot of these logos ended up on the the uh, Hey, we've seized your domain page, uh, you know, which. I saw some posts saying like, hey, they should let cyber uh, companies advertise on those, <laughs> which would be kind of funny. But uh, let's see, oh the Joint gosh. Cybercrime Action Task Force out of Europol, the National Crime Agency out of the UK, the Swedish Police Authority out of Sweden, of course, the Romanian National Police, the Judicial Police out of Portugal, the entire uh, the Internal Revenue Service Criminal Investigation, uh, the Federal Criminal Police Office, both out of Germany, and then other law enforcement partners, who I guess you know, didn't make the full list there. But uh, yeah, so again, you've got defendants who are all over the place, websites who are hosted all over the place. And there's lots of jurisdictions, a lot of cooperation that you need to, you know, get warrants to seize hardware to, you know, make that data eligible to be used in court, that type of stuff. Uh, obviously, you have to cross all the T's and dot all the I's there. So, you know, a lot of different uh, agencies involved in this one. That would be the ultimate flex for a cybercrime forum to say, yeah, cybersecurity vendor, you can uh, give us your money and we still don't think we're going to get both. We still don't think it's going to be effective enough and we get revenue. <laughs> <laughs> that would not bode well or very well. I don't know. Maybe that's when you have someone painted into a corner if they feel like they can do something like that. Um, that's that's really interesting. Uh, so Taylor, this release from the DOJ also mentioned that it wasn't 
just about stolen data, but online harassment as well. So can you yeah. dive into that aspect of the story? Yeah. So, you know, again, it kind of the raid forms originated around this swatting, trying to help focus the energies of people who are swatting, which is just such a bad idea. I don't understand uh, why anybody would want to or care to do that. But uh, that is kind of the origin story of raid forms that obviously evolved into uh, kind of a larger criminal enterprise with leaks and, you know, some of the fun tidbits of information. Like they've been working on this case for a long time. Obviously, the forms have been around since 2015, 2016. But one of the things that kind of broke this thing open uh, was that when the defendant here traveled to the United States in 2018, uh, the U.S. obtained a warrant to, to snag his devices, uh, you know, when he landed. So they grabbed the devices uh, and a few months later, he emailed them asking for the devices back. The email address that he used to email them was tied to registration details for a couple of uh, the domains that are tied to raid forums, like kind of backup domains for, for raid forums. Uh, so, you know, it's kind of some poor OPSEC there from, from the defendant. Uh, you know, another fun story, uh, fun, quote unquote, fun. Uh, you know, there was an American telecommunications company that paid the defendant a couple hundred thousand dollars to, quote unquote, delete data that was stolen from them. Uh, of course, they took that money and then never deleted it. So, you know, if there are folks out there wondering about, um, hey, if someone ransomwares me and I pay them for it, are they actually deleting my data? Uh, you know, obviously that answer is probably no, they're not. Um, you know, it, with the, some of that at least being proven out in, in some of the indictment here. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's 17 pages, the indictment. There's kind of six felony counts of uh, stealing uh, access devices, of uh, impersonation and ID theft, that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, certainly uh, a lot for the prosecutors to work with here uh, now that they've got the defendant in custody. Uh, nothing like a good OPSEC whoopsie doopsie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> a good when reminder. OPSEC becomes SLOPSEC. Yes, that's right. <laughs> oh, We've got to coin that. We need to put yeah. that literally on a coin and um, hand it out. And then you can you can earn the coin when you identify SLOPSEC. And then it's got to be like Chuck E. Cheese, like maybe so many coins and You mean people brawl happens. over them? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe so many coins and you get a Bitcoin. Just kidding. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. All right. So, Taylor, what happens now? Uh, the DOJ made it uh, made clear this is, again, just an allegation. Uh, but do we have any idea of what next steps? Will yeah, of course. Like? like, yeah, this this is definitely an allegation. But uh, you know, you don't get this type of cooperation in these many uh, this many. Uh, please, please fix my terrible grammar today, y'all. Uh, sorry, you don't get this level of cooperation across this many agencies uh, w without having a, a very solid case and a, a very high level of confidence that you are going to either end up uh, plea bargaining or getting guilty sentences and, and federal prosecutors do not mess around with this type of thing. They're not just willy-nilly doing this type of thing. So certainly I think that um, anyone involved in the admin of this site is, uh, you know, we've got one in custody. There are the, So in the indictment, they you know, kind of say, hey, there are some known individuals and some unknown individuals. Uh, those folks are, are certainly on the radar. Uh, there were some eagle-eyed folks uh, on the web who noted that uh, you know, some of the name server changes around this domain occurred kind of uh, a few months ahead of this actual full-on takedown, uh, leading some folks to believe that the, uh, that the the feds were running this as a honeypot of 
sorts to pull to do credential theft uh, of uh, folks who were trying to log into the forums here. So, you know, anyone who has accessed that website kind of ever or especially in the last 90 days or so uh, might want to talk to a lawyer. Uh, yeah. So, you know, th this is going to go, you know, this case will go on for a while here until they get either a plea or, or a guilty verdict will be my guess. Wow. Yeah. If there are any updates while we're still doing this podcast, um, <laughs> we'll bring them up. For sure. We'll loop them back. We'll loop them back. Excellent. Well, Tim, now that you've heard Taylor out, let's do our hoodie rating here. What are you thinking? Well, uh, I'm thinking this is going to get a goodie rating, not a hoodie rating. And I'm going to put it at five goodies um, because of the excuse me because of the magnitude of the of these forums and the amount of criminal activity that they were facilitating so you know am i under any illusions that this is going to just suddenly make the internet markedly safer no not really but you know you got to you got to take the w's when you get them and i think this was a pretty good one so um so yeah i'm i'm giving it five goodies and i uh, i really tip my hat to all the folks that were involved in getting this indictment done and let's let's see some justice here yes indeed and yes I, I don't know why i said hoodie um goodie for again our new listeners is a reference to the it's the antithesis of a hoodie so i like to think of warm cookies taylor and tim what do you think about when i say hoodie what's your kind of happy place i guess like when on the goodie yeah, what makes a goodie a goodie in your head? Presence. Mm. <laughs> nice, nice presence wrapped up with bows. I like that. Candies, right? Uh, mm. You know, Halloween we got candy. We have candy around Easter time. So yeah, good. I think uh, candies. Oh you boy, you know when we get to toward Halloween time, we got to get into some religious wars about candies because that's always mm -hmm. fun. Oh, that's right. Um, so rather than it being a threat, it would be a treat. Just get rid of the H and. Oh yeah. Well, it's yeah, it's yeah, really yeah. an Udi. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I give it eight Werther's Originals out of ten. Yeah. Is that is that your actual uh, goodie rating? Is eight there? No, 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 no. Goodie rating. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I'm I'm kind of in the same ballpark uh, with Mr. Helming. Uh, not super unsurprising, but yeah, I'll go like four and a half. You can just go five. I'll go five. I'll go five goodies. This is good news. This has been around. You know, this obviously this forum's been around for quite some time. Uh, just the the helping folks swat other folks is annoying enough and certainly has, has led to loss of life. So that, those are serious crimes in and of themselves. The rest of the stuff, buying and selling uh, stolen data, dumps of data, uh, helping folks get better at that type of thing. Yeah, five, five hoodies sound, sounds about right here. Five hoodies. I, it's a. It's. I don't know what to take it. Goodies. Wait, wait, wait. We got to oh, no. clarify goodies. Five goodies. 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 Oh, goodies. No. Five Warther's Originals. Five of those originals. The worst. The worst. Now, are those are those caramels? Am I thinking about that right? Or what are? No, those? they're they're butterscotch sort of. I think. Oh, or, or maybe they are caramel. Me. No, I maybe think they they're are butterscotch. Caramel. I think you're right. They're one or the know. other. Just the kind of thing you have in your pocket. It's the kind a, of thing grandparents always yeah. have in their pockets, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, a little crinkly sound. You know, there's some 
delicious butterscotch headed your way. <laughs> we need that more than ever these days. Um, comfort of butterscotch. Anyway, all right. Well, that that kind of wraps up our discussion around news for the week. Um, hopefully, it provided some <laughs> some measure of good and not so good things um, to keep us all balanced today here in uh, podcast yoga. Uh, but the the thing we'll end with, of course, is our game Two Truths and a Lie. We play this every week. It's it's not dissimilar from how you would deceive people early on in your relationships for icebreakers. But instead of talking about ourselves, of course, we talk about news from this past week. So, Tim, I believe you're up this week. He's going to share three article, byline article titles, two of which are, are actually true and one of which is a, blah, it's a blatant lie. And Taylor and I will do our best to uh, sniff that on out. And there's, of course, a point system. And I'm just going to say that I wish that the writers of the real headlines had taken an approach a little more like we take on this show. But anyway... All right, here they come. Statement number one, if you didn't think dealing with the DOL was hard enough, the California one is warning residents of a data breach. Statement number two, this one goes to 11 and steals your secrets. Beware unofficial Windows 11 upgrade in the wild. Statement number three, really, really don't go to the bathroom during that meeting. Popular video conference software may not be muting the mic when you think it is. Oh no. Oh. Oh no. This is this is very difficult. These are all very good. And very bad. <laughs> what was the second? Can you read the second one again, Tim? Certainly. This one goes to eleven and steals your secrets. Beware unofficial Windows eleven upgrade in the wild. I just wanted to hear you say this one goes to 11 again. Uh, I'll go first. I'm going to say the first one. I had, hadn't seen anything about a data breach in my hunt for news this week, at least from California. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with Taylor on that one. I don't think I've come across that. I don't doubt it's happened. <laughs> yeah, that second one sounds super believable. <laughs> yeah. As does the third one. The first, I mean, also, the first one's also blue, but I feel like it would have made the news. Well, the first one was uh, not believable enough because you guys got me. Well done. At least not Les so points. far, you know. It could turn out to be true by the time we air, but that's true. As of right now, yeah. retroactively it's not take true. my points that's away. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that would but be then funny. I'd retroactively be cheating by giving three true stories, too. <laughs> yeah, Tim, cheese. <laughs> Got to be able to tell the future here. What's going on? We should actually go back at some point. I mean, like, we all have time to do this, but go back and find out if any of our lies did turn out to become true later on. Yeah, that would be that would be interesting and maybe you know, a little I depressing. See, I did see why well, I, I remember making a I used like uh gopher in a lie uh and i saw someone like tweeting about writing some malware that that communicated using gopher (laughs) uh but i think they were talking about doing it just as a poc as like a tech demo not not i was gonna say like if anybody's got the the gopher port exposed on the internet they deserve whatever happens to them (laughs) (laughs) i don't remember what port number it was but it's got like one of those low number well-known ports attached to it 
70. Well, that's, I think that's all we have for our episode this week. And just as a heads up, we'll be taking a week vacation. So we will not be back next week. You won't be hearing from us the 27th if you're a day of listener, but instead in May on the 4th, um, may the 4th be with you. An auspicious day indeed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, so, this means that all the defenders can take the next couple of weeks off, right? Since we're not doing anything, nothing's going to happen. I thought, yeah, we posted the schedule so we could all grab um, a hot or cold beverage together, I think was the discussion. So. Yeah, that's definitely how it works. <laughs> I mean, Hacker Summer Camp is uh, is DEFCON, right? So this is Hacker Spring Break. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you've got it. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you both so much. Again, we'll be back here in a few weeks. Um, and be sure to make sure that your gopher port is not open to... Uh... <laughs> To the internet. Somehow that sounds really terrible. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> bye. Bye, everybody. That's about all we have for this week. You can find us on Twitter at Domain Tools. All of the articles and IOCs mentioned today will be included in our blog post, which can be found at domaintools.com slash resources slash podcasts. Catch us every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time when we publish our podcast and blog. We'll see you next week on another episode of Breaking Badness. Until then, remember, don't drink and click. <laughs>